go. All right. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Honey Badger Cellar. I'm your host, Paul Tran. And uh, today I have a special guest with me. Um, I, I do too have friends and I'm not always doing monologues. Uh, Andrew uh, got suckered into uh, the, the podcast room with me, man. Thank you for making time for me, brother. Absolutely. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude, I uh, I had to have you on the on the podcast because, um, of course, we are both like fanatics about food, mm -hmm. uh, sales, uh, and um, entrepreneurship, and so many different ways that we can approach it. And I feel like my audience is almost the, also the same. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you're if you're cool with just having a free flowing conversation, would love to would love to start somewhere. And you know, I, I love where it pivots and, and digresses and, and uh, we find ourselves in some new territory. Okay. Absolutely. Keep it casual. Cool, man. Uh, well, first off, um, you mentioned something a couple weeks ago that I thought was so interesting because um, you're, you're an incredible salesperson. Uh, I don't think you're an introvert though, right? I think I was growing up, but then I, that, that changed drastically over time. So okay. I, I'm very, very outgoing. I like to think. Okay, because you're a subscriber to the Honey Badger Seller, but then the way I see you on Instagram, like I think he snuck in, dude. Um, but you said that there was a a parallel or there's um, commonalities that in, in you with your experience in the food business that allowed you to be successful in sales. Uh, would would love to have you share like your background in in the food business and also mm -hmm. how how it actually parallel uh, actually helps you succeed in the sales realm as well, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I, I, from as long as I can remember, I was working in a restaurant, like at 12 years old, I was under the table, you know, working as a dishwasher, putting knives in the, in, in the uh, soapy water, not knowing any better, right? My mother was a chef. So I grew up knowing that food brought people together, right? And I wanted to kind of follow that, you know, ambition. I was thinking I was too chubby to be in sports. So I decided to work at a restaurant instead, like in high school. <laughs> working at restaurants and I mean I, I kind of just fell in love with the kitchen and like you know you know where people could learn a lot from each other by breaking bread through food sure. bread. and um I, as I moved out to San Francisco because I'm from Boston originally I moved out to San Francisco eight years ago now and I started working at some really nice restaurants I got I was a private chef I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug and I started a sauce company called the saucery yeah and I had no idea what I was doing um I had a decent amount, a decent idea of what I was doing. Um, but then when they delivered a pallet of sauce, uh, of shelf-stable jar of sauce to my garage, like, all right, you're on your own. My manufacturer dropped it off. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I mean, I had to figure out how to sell this, right? <laughs> and I had no idea, like, about a cold call or a hot call. Like, I had, I never even did that before, right? I didn't even know what the differences were, right? Um so I just started practicing cold calling in New York, just so I could practice getting hung up on. Yeah. And then I kind of just fell in love with like the word no and like, cause I wanted to get better, right? So I think kind of fast forward, you know, nine months later, my sauce was in 30 stores in nine months. Awesome. And, I, and that's when I fell in love with sales. It's like, I remember when I first, my first cold call was at this grocery store here in San Francisco. Hey, can I talk to the owner? He hung up on me. <laughs> so I called right back. I called right back. I was like, "Hey, I want to talk to the owner for a second. Is he available?" Nope. So the third time, I was like, "Hey, man, I just need ten seconds of your time. Let me talk to you for a second. Yeah. Told him about my sauce company. He's like, I'll "Be here tomorrow at two o'clock." I came by with a jar of sauce, and he looked. He just looked at it. He didn't even open it or taste it. He's like, "Yeah, I'll take a case." I was like, 
like right now you, you, oh yeah yeah i will go get a case so i dropped off a case to him and uh did you sound did you sound like oh, uh, uh, or are you just like played it really smooth i mean a little bit of both at the same time like, <laughs> my yeah. car chicken scratch an invoice on my driver's wheel and then that's when i found like i had that joy that adrenaline rush right wait so so hold on real quick so you started off not liking sales uh you just loved the entrepreneurship so much or you loved your product that you you believe in the product so much that you forced yourself and then uh, sales falling in love with sales is something that came later would you say yeah. is it sounded like it sounded like that you know i wanted just to be my own boss you know i wanted to work for myself yeah i don't know how i was going to do it and i just committed first and i, I was going to figure the rest out later so because i fell in love with doing my sauce sales I was like let me find a job you know doing sales full time and then that that led to me working full time with Revy now being a founding member with Revy, and I think that is when I did that 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 shift from being introverted to extroverted. Because as chefs, as an introvert, you're just behind closed doors in the kitchen, you know, like you know, banging out food and making plating right yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Whereas front of the house, like you know, you have to schmooze and you know, wine and dine, right? So I think starting as a private chef and then going into sales full time, I think that's when I made that shift uh, to be more extroverted. And now I just make friends for a living. <laughs> That's a sweet, sweet paying gig, man. So I've actually recently talked to a couple salespeople who they, they love sales and they don't like, but they don't like the operations. They don't like delivering the sales, but because you've been a private chef, like you've been responsible from like, like order taking to ingredients, to managing, to delivering, to collecting payments, to getting referrals and being repeat. So do you love the whole entire process or like, or, or, or you just love it all? Or are there just aspects of the business you, you would rather outsource and, and you'd rather focus on? Yeah. I mean, I do, I, I have, I love sales. I mean, I love the whole process. I mean, I, I made 19,000 cold calls last year, right? And I, and I just love, like, I mean, I, I don't want to do it all the time, but I know it's what we need to do to win, right? So it's like, I know, like, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain, right? The referrals are great. Inbounds are great. I mean, I would lo of course, I would love more inbounds and referrals, right? Yeah. But when, you're, when you're building a brand and, like, you know, when I am one of the million POS and self-service key, you know, kiosks, you know, sales reps out there. Like, what do I got to do to set myself apart? Right. So I find other things I can do throughout the sales process that I can, yeah. you know, have people want to talk to me. So well, I, I, love, I love the whole idea. Let me ask you this. Yeah. There are a lot of POS systems and merchant processors. So, um, I think this is hopefully your competitors aren't listening to this, but like, how do you, how do you differentiate? How do you set yourself apart? I mean, Revy is an incredible company and there's already like a huge stark difference between what Revy does and that. But of course, at first impression, people are already at, at their guard up. So how do you disarm that? How, how do you lead in or like, are there any ideas or are there any like predictable like ways that you lead in with, with certain prospects? That's an awesome question. Um, I, I know that it's very important to mirror them. Like you want to meet where they are, right? So if someone's really uptight on the phone, I think I, I, I might mirror them and get a little uptight as well, right? But I, I call people and I, I, I act as if I'm a friend, you know? Hey, real quick, I don't want to take too much of your time. I, just, I literally just found you on Instagram just now or, or on Yelp, right? I, I build as much familiarity 
as possible. Yeah. Because when you call, when they talk on the phone, hey, this is Mr. Menard calling from Revy. <laughs> da, da, da. It's like, no, you don't want to talk. Of course, you're not going to want to talk to anyone that does that, right? Yeah. So I, I, I come as a much more warm approach um, and, and be as friendly as possible during that process. So I heard a couple of things there, and I think that's why you're so successful at it. The first one is, I think you and I got into the restaurant business because we don't like the stuck up, like uh, Titan, yeah. like uh, wear a suit banker kind of kind of guy. So we, I mean, for me, like my best business meetings have always been like sweats and a shirt. Like we're just so naturally casual, yeah. and food is just a disarming thing, right? So like like restaurant business. Well, I mean, you did fine dining, so I think you had a different like level of stress. But for me, it's always been like let's enjoy food together. Like let's let there's so there's always an equalizing kind of like uh, exchange that's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I also love the fact that you were honest, like, hey, I just saw you on Instagram and like you weren't trying to make shit up, you know, and you weren't trying to exactly. like come off as like we're the best thing ever and you'd be stupid not to to take us on or whatever it is. Right. It's just exactly. condescending or arrogant or just out of touch. So I loved hearing that. And I, I understand why you just recently closed your biggest deal ever. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I, and I will say, though, uh, Paul, like when I first started sales, I was very rough around the edges. Like, I when I first found out about sales, like that was like you know I was very much into Grant Cardone. You know, he's very like you know like ten x like everything is close <laughs> by everything I do. So <laughs> I learned the hard way. Like you know, it's like uh, you know amateurs convince professionals sort right. Like I'm going through the masses, right? You know, there's like a saying network marketing. Like there's there's a uh, there's uh, four aces. There's four aces in a deck of cards, right? Yeah. So why am I going to try to make another card an ace when it's a joker, right? So I'm not. I'm just going through the masses here. Like, if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. It, I mean, the world is going this direction, whether you're ready or not. So it's like I'll circle back when the stars align. You know how to find me. Yeah. I'm, I leave it at that because, I mean, I just put them in their situation, and like you know, I mirror them. So if they're restaurant people. I talk restaurant like, you know, like, hey, are you, are you still in your lunch rush right now? Are you guys in the weeds? You're considered using a self ordering system. You're, I'm sure your cashier has called out several times. I mean, wouldn't you agree? So it's mere, it's, it's, you want to meet them like, and, and just have that same conversation because people buy, like, you know, from people they like, know, and trust, right? So I, that's why I want to be able to have that, 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 that's actually the main reason why I close this big deal as well. Oh. And so you'd say that you, because you are, you've been in their shoes, you are a restaurant guy. Do you think that's like your biggest edge as well? A thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's definitely a playing card that I use. You know? Yeah. I've been in the restaurant scene and I know it's like, I'm not going to work at a, at a car dealership, you know, when I, or, or like a, you know, Lamborghini dealership but I don't even like Lamborghinis right so okay. I have to love the product I have to believe in the product and I really think that is what's going to help anyone in their sales industry and like what, what they're selling yeah really propel, right? because, like, I really believe in my bones like what I'm providing people in small businesses like I, I I believe it you know so people can people can sense that too right yeah and, and, and yeah. all sales is just a transfer of belief Oh, I like that. I like that. It's it's it can be that simple, right? And and that actually goes back to a deeper thing. Like, like we can teach. Like you can share all these amazing strat. Like you can spend an hour with me 
and just share all these amazing strategies and techniques and like there's persuasion and all that but like none of that even matters if you really just don't love what you're doing or there's no there's no deep love for what you, what you're offering anyway so um mm-hmm. yeah that goes back to basics to be honest um that that huge massive sale that i wanted to celebrate um uh without giving away too much i would love to know uh, this was a, a revy deal right correct um without sharing any confidential details I, i'd love to like do you mind sharing like how that played out like how many times you had to touch on them uh what kind of obje- objections did they have uh what was your biggest thing that pretty much knocked over the the lead domino that led it to a sale I, i'd love to I, I obsess over these kind of stories, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, totally. That's, that's why we're having this conversation. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I found these folks through a room on Clubhouse. If, and, and I know you're on Clubhouse. It was on a food, uh, it, was, it was just a food group, right? Talking about, you know, ghost kitchens and, you know. Is it one of Billy's? Billy's groups or? Yeah, it was one of Billy's groups, I think. Like, it's a very long time ago. I don't remember. I mean, six, eight weeks ago now. But um, yeah, we're talking about like food and tech. I was a moderator talking about like, okay, like I was finding ways that I could talk about, you know, self-ordering systems without talking about self-ordering systems. I'm like, love it. yeah, well, you know, I was you know, just finding ways to provide value as, as much free value as possible. And while I was doing that, I was talking, I was, I was adding everyone that was in the room onto Clubhouse, onto my Instagram handle, right? Onto my Instagram. So I can kind of see what they're all about, what their business is. Yeah. Um, and then once that room was over, I just waited two days. I reached out to them. Hey, you know, I, we had a, a decent conversation on Clubhouse a couple of days ago about very self-ordering systems. If you're interested, I would love to do a casual virtual coffee with you and just show you what we're doing, just to see it's a, what we're doing for other boba shops in the area. He's like, dude, I'm so glad you reached out to me. I've been actually thinking about this with my wife to use this a lot, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Let's nice. do Monday at 12 o'clock. I'm like, dude. Shout out to the universe for that one. You know, first <laughs> like knows like what like what I'm what I'm sensing, right? So yeah, we did a, we did a casual chat. I did my walkthrough with him. He had some other business partners that he brought on board. So I did four calls. Um, three of the calls were uh, walkthroughs with the Revy device systems, and then I yeah, had him walkthrough like a like a presentation. Yeah, I, I just did a, a deck with them just to show them. Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, I, I had I had to hear some of the objections they were having, and what they were looking for. Yeah. And um, then I, I went back to leadership back at Revy, told them, "Hey, these are the integrations that were that they're looking for. They make X amount of dollars. This would be a really potential massive deal for us. Can we expedite these process to the, to this forward sprint? And they, they, I get this done by the end of Q1. So then we all got got together. Uh, Eugene Johnson, our CEO, our fearless CEO, came on board. Awesome, dude. Me. Yeah, he's an excellent guy. Shout out to Eugene Johnson. He's listening. And um, yeah, he, he just gave some third party validation to what we are, what, we, what we're doing for boba shops in the area. And it was, it was a no brainer at that point. Um, he's like, dude, like, if this is what you guys are doing, like, I, we have so many referrals to come your way. I mean, this is really going to change the future of boba shops. And I was like, Ugh. I love when clients say that. <laughs> it's great like you know there's just like these small little things that clients will say like if you know how to join a zoom call or a google hang on me like i already trust you already but like when you say like it's all about the mentality too like if For you sure. have, like i talk to like hundreds of business owners a week 
And it all comes down to the mindset. It's like, yeah, no, I, I know I need to be doing this because like, you know, the world is going this direction. I can cut down my revenue in half. I can drive my revenue at least 20% per average ticket. Like, this is a no brainer. Those are the people I want to be talking to. Oh, the math makes sense, right? The math numbers always tell the story. Oh, that's so cool, man. Exciting, dude. Yeah. Wait, so um, a question I had was, uh, what were some of the objections that they did have? Um, I think one of them was um, integrations with third-party delivery services, right? Okay. Um, you know, it's integrations are a pain in the ass, dude. Yeah, it's a necessary <laughs> evil. Um, I know there's some businesses that are trying to hire delivery drivers, the restaurant to actually own their delivery drivers, which actually would benefit them greatly because they don't have to take, you know, these, these third-party delivery, Uber Eats, DoorDash, they take like 16 to 30% per order. Yeah. That's killing them. You know, it's like, you're, they're basically working for free. Yeah. So, but because, you know, you know, pandemic authors, COVID-19, um, they wanted to have some integrations with some third-party delivery services. So we kind of, that has been on, you know, the, the horizon, but it hasn't been a priority. So um, when we have businesses that do high velocity numbers that are really help drive our monthly, you know, month over month growth. Yeah. And then we kind of, you know, we, we expedite the process sooner so that, you yeah. know, we can find a happy medium for these customers. No, no. I, I appreciate that. You're just not so like, just cause it's a massive deal. doesn't mean like you're just going to bend over backwards and try to like add all these other services they exactly. need because uh, you're going to end up like losing the core of what you guys are all about and why they loved you in the first place. So no, exactly. that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, do you know what pr uh, service provider you took them away from? Yes. Um, it was square. <laughs> so you're going to go after all the square guys now, like you're coming, you're, you're gunning for square. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's everyone, everyone is different. Everyone, if, if they prefer to have Clover square, sure. That's fine. If you, if you don't want to hear me out, I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, you know how to find me. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it has to be right. Like I'm out here building relationships. Right. And like, I, I want to build a foundation so that we could have a long-term relationship together. Right. With all my clients and all my you know people. So the timing has to be right on your end. If you don't, if, and maybe I just cost you at a bad day. Yeah. Like, you know this, like it takes seven to 12 touch for people to actually make a decision. Right. And I just finally just did it with this ring light. I, you know, it, it heard me say ring light. My Instagram heard me say ring light. And then like the 12th ad, I finally bought it. Right. So, <laughs> so it's all about just like timing and um, just continually just dripping on them. Just doing gentle pings to reach out to them. And Hey, maybe they, maybe they're in a better mood than they were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love the fact that, you know, right now the big thing is Clubhouse, right? It's like one of those things like when first Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn just started coming onto the scene, everybody's so much more engaged. So like, why wouldn't you take advantage of that where everybody's like, oh my gosh, somebody's connecting with me or somebody wants to talk to me on this blend, brand new platform. Try doing that now on LinkedIn, like forget it, right? Uh, so you you were you were awesome about being ahead of the curve on that and and so um, you know kudos to that and I also want to remind everybody that you closed this massive deal but that just meant that you probably talked to about a thousand people in the in before then too it's still a numbers game the 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 basics are still the same it's just um, this is what happens when you play the numbers game right a thousand percent man. Yeah, it's been an absolute blessing. And uh, I, I really do feel like I'm just getting started. I, I'm very excited. And the truth of the matter is, dude, like, 
I was just still making cold calls, like all of 2019, because we had to, like I, ha I had to just make all the cold calls. Like I was the pulse of the company, right? But now, in, in, you know, uh, as of January 1st, I was the, the account executive. Now, because Eugene uh, ET, who you know, is now back out on the field, kind of massaging those relationships. Yeah. So it's only been like a month and a half, two months of me as an account executive. And I, and I could close the biggest deal for our company. So I was like, you know what? I can get used to this. Like <laughs> <laughs> right on, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, now it's just now you've got into this group and they sound like they also want to give you referrals too. So now you're not just making cold calls, but I'm pretty sure now you have an opportunity to do internal marketing, right? Touch on these existing customers and say, hey, who else? Who else's like business can I change and make better too? And that be, so the sale becomes easier. The, the momentum starts getting better. So absolutely. That's exciting, absolutely. man. I love the, I love referrals and I'm, I'm just building ecosystems, you know, in, in the country. And, um, you know, I still need a cold call. I mean, they're, they're, that, that is one of the three, one of the three part system that I do right now to, you know, drive in more leads for Revy. So I, that's going to be, uh, that's actually going to be, I read somewhere that a lot of companies, they just hit a ceiling because they depend so much on referrals. I actually did a podcast episode, like 20 episodes ago. And I said, like, if you just like, you know, those guys who try to come off as like, oh, I only work off referrals, uh, you know, and when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that means that you're not willing to try any harder for your customers or mm -hmm. you're, you're just so complacent that actually automatically communicates to me that you probably can't handle more business. Uh, and so that communicates so many things that backfire. So I'm glad you still make cold calling a part of it. And that just keeps you in the front lines and uh, a lot more customers get to know that you exist. So um, you're actually lighting a fire under me too. I, I kind of like get complacent sometimes because <laughs> I think yeah. it's the introvert in me that I'm like, uh, let me just visit. Let me just touch on my referrals one more time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen, like th there's someone out there waiting for you to call them. There's yeah. someone out there thinking about a self-ordering system. There's someone out there, like, you know, that's, you know, struggling right now as a, as a small business owner in a restaurant, they need this, right? So, I mean, if someone hangs up on me and tells me that I'm a cold hearted person and like, don't ever call me again, that just fires me up more. Like, thank you for telling me no. Now I can go on to someone next. I don't have to call you again. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I mean, I, I'm uh, have it, just doing this podcast made me realize like yeah actually I am very extroverted huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude uh, so you your your type inspires me and I try and take as much as I can from from you guys and and uh, I try to figure out a way to to reconfigure it to fit my introverted lifestyle and also my introverted you know socially awkward salespeople that follow yeah. me so <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um, but I I have another question though like um. Well, actually, no, it's actually a question that you asked as well. Um, you emailed me not long ago and you had a question for me. Do you still remember that question was about uh, that's what spurred this conversation on podcast? Oh, was it about how to create more branding? I'm not sure. If you remember if you don't, it's OK. We'll just move on to like other cool things to talk about. I think because uh, I was I, I think right now I'm looking to Oh, build more of a qualified brand. Was that? Okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I want to build more of a qualified brand for myself. Like, hey, I'm the restaurant consultant. What content can I be putting out there in the world to have people want to come talk to me? Instead of me going out to them, how do I have the people come to me? 
So a... when you say restaurant consultant, you're talking about apart from the saucery and apart from Revy, it, it's your role as a restaurant consultant? Right. Yeah. Like working with early on brand, I mean, uh, early on, like uh, growth uh, CEOs and founders of companies, how, what's their vision? How do I get them from just an idea to like, and create that roadmap to like their success and to what their vision actually sounds like? Well, the first one is, I just need to know that you wanted that. Now I have some folks I want to introduce you to. <laughs> really? Absolutely. So uh, that's number one. Number two, um, I'm kind of curious. Um, I don't want to assume because you came from fine dining, but are there certain types of cuisines or certain type of restaurant formats uh, or what kind of struggles certain people have that you wanted to address? Like directly, you know, the niches are, the riches are in the niches. Like what, what's exact thing are you that uh, do you want to do you feel like your Im, your impact would be the greatest or that you want to help you're asking like where i could have where i could help people the most like with their with their oh, i'm sorry with your restaurant consulting like um like uh did you want to help them where like they they have a, a menu that's out of control that they want to optimize or right. want to actually create a recipe uh, recipe a, a menu for them or you actually want to help with like the operations the food cost labor cost side like we're about what aspect are you most interested in consulting that you feel like can make the highest ROI for them and most most enjoyable for you 100% I mean I love creating menus I, I get look at your menu and just see okay what is what works and what doesn't work where can we streamline your proteins and you know your appetizers into the main courses. That's one thing. Also, I, I had this call with uh, you know an old friend of mine who was starting a food truck. But his, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know this. There's shiny object syndrome. You know, like I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm very good at okay. This is where you are right now, and you want to scale to you know X, Y, and Z. Okay. What do you got to do right now to get to that five year or into that one year and work backwards, right? So I create actionable steps for people, mm -hmm. like especially when you're just like a, a founder with an idea. Okay, what do you need to do to get to the, the next step, to the next step, okay? And then if once you're established, you know, doing 1 million in revenue, how do you scale that into multi-locations, okay? How do you bring on the right leaders? You know what I mean? Because your organization is based on you. Your yeah. law of lit. That's the law of lit by John C. Maxwell. He talks about like, you know, your leadership, right? Like if, I, if I'm just a five and leadership, like everyone else in my organization is going to be a five. So sure. how do you keep growing yourself and investing in yourself that grows more that everyone else will continue as well? Oof. A lot of restaurant owners don't, don't have that mindset, right? I think a lot of them are just technicians. They just make, they just know how to make the good food. They don't think about the entrepreneurship side, the management side, the, the leadership side. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oof, okay. Um, so, and you're asking like what kind of content you can put out? Yeah, and that's really funny you said that actually, because I had this call with another gentleman who I met on Clubhouse yesterday. And he just kind of generally, he just really wants to help him. Like he's like, you know, he's really well known in the franchise game. And, um, you know, he's like, well, how do you get your leads, Andrew? And I, and I told him, and he's like, wow, <laughs> like, you should tell people how you do that. Like, that's a really, that's really, really impressive. And that'd be really great content for you to put out there. I'm like, oh my God, like, this is all, this is all coming together for me now. Like, <laughs> I now know what content I need to be putting out now. 
Wait, he said he said uh, how you get your leads for your restaurant consulting or uh... or for, uh, for Revy. Excuse me, I thought you, uh, I, I was. Talking oh, okay, about... okay. No, no. I mean, that's absolutely amazing for that too, uh, for sure. Um, well, I guess as far as the content for your restaurant consulting, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if anything, I I feel like there'd be it'd be really cool. of course Clubhouse is going to be a great way to 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 field a bunch of questions for folks. Right. But um, I, I maybe we should team up because um, I've been asked to do a Clubhouse where. Um, you know, how do we sell franchises? Because, you know, I've also had a, a good career selling restaurant franchises for a bunch of brands. Right. And what's cool is that, remember I told you that the best way to create content is, you know, of course you're going to put Revy right into the middle of it all, but you're yeah. also going to share other ways that people can have an edge and have success and cut costs and get to the next level. It's just Revy tends, it is of course one of the, the sure shot tools that you need to use. So I feel like, you know, collaborating with other, you know, people in the same industry, like maybe for me, I can imagine holding a clubhouse where I'm just sharing all the strategies that I've used to sell franchises around the country. Mm -hmm. And one other one way is to, you know, the first off, you need to make sure you have the most profitable, easy to run business as possible. And here's mm -hmm. how you do it. One way is make sure you have the best tools. Here are some best in class tools that you need to use. Like you need to consider Revy. It's the best way to have less labor to manage and uh, and embrace technology. Uh, mm -hmm. The next tool you need to use is hire the best in class restaurant consultants that you can to make sure that your menu engineering is correct. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because you can make it and it tastes good, do you know if it's killing your margins or not? Like you should talk to Andrew about that. Um, and, you know, hiring Andrew for a consultation can probably put, you know, 5% food costs back into your pocket. That's like pure profit without you even selling a franchise yet, without you making a royalty yet, you know, like, and so I don't know, I, I guess I can, like, we can probably put together some kind of like, like agenda where we can add value for, for people. And, you know, I guess, you know, clubhouse, everybody wants to follow someone who has the smartest most helpful thing to say. So um, anyway, I don't know. Does that does that help? Dude, I would love that. I mean, as long as I can help more people, absolutely. So I'm more than happy to, you know, partner up with you to see like who, who we could help. And um, I'm all about creating more be better menus for people. Cool. Yeah, I, that, that's cool. And I, and I think another cool thing is um, if you're you seem really consistent with like putting content out, um, you haven't started your podcast, though, right? I don't think I mean not everyone needs a podcast. I, mean, <laughs> I, I like being guests on podcasts because you know it's you know it's, it's it's I'm a guest you know and I can just be free flowing spirit. It's just like who I am. You know what I mean? So yeah, we talk about sauce. I can talk about sauce. You want to talk about me? You know, menu consulting. We can talk about that. And that's actually that, that really motivates me actually to to do this with you because my first business, which, which was Saucery, which I talked about in the beginning. Yeah. I really like I, I raised like forty six thousand dollars, you know, in private funding, but I didn't know I didn't really have actionable steps what to do with that money. Like it, it got it went away so quickly, Paul. <laughs> yeah. it so quickly, I was like, why did I do that? Why did I make that investment? Why did I do this? It's like, and I think people like chefs or you know restaurants or maybe just small business owners in general. I'm not doubting them all, but they just kind of just don't think that far forward. Maybe like maybe two steps ahead. I think that's like a, a main a main reason why people um, aren't as successful as they, as they ought to be is because they don't they don't have that long term vision right yeah 
and they don't have the details, right? They, it, the little things truly do matter. All of a sudden your money is gone because you didn't manage the little details. And you and I know uh, restaurants are the, the shittiest uh, business model on paper, right? Like are we, we, still love we didn't die by nickels and pennies saved consistently every single day. Um, yeah. Whereas real estate is like a 95% mar like 95% margin. Ours is the exact opposite where it's like 5% margin. I, I read not long ago that McDonald's profit margin is 6%, dude. Yikes. Yeah, 6%. So that's why they need millions of dollars of revenue. That's why they need people to come in for their 69 cent cheeseburger and hope they order fries and a drink too. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a different for us. Um, but another idea I had was when creating content is um, what's really cool is that you can actually take best in class, like restaurant chain menus, and you could actually analyze them. You can say, um, and there's this, and this came from an idea of like this really popular fitness guy. He would go to all the fast food drive-throughs and he would say, Hey, mm -hmm. if you want to eat healthy, here's how you do it. And you just take the McDonald's menu and you show how you can do it. So you can enjoy McDonald's without having to do it. So my idea for you is like, you could check out like the best in class brands like Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out and Panera Bread. And you could say, Hey, this is the reason why this menu works because blah, 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 blah. And what's cool is that because you're borrowing from Panera Bread's credibility, now you have that halo effect where like, oh, dude, Andrew knows how to how to <laughs> analyze that. And how can I have that best in class strategy applied to my restaurant too? Right. Um, so I just feel like, you know, everybody, you can kind of piggyback off of their like popularity, but you can use your your edge and your twist to it. I don't know if I that's... Yeah, it's like so. a copy of cat only uh, only if it's the right cat right and then you just put your own twist on it and that's what all that's what all chefs and bartenders are doing these days right Correct. every chef has their own way of cutting an onion every bartender has their own way of making a mezcal margarita you know what i mean so it's like you just put your own twist on it you know what i mean yeah for sure man oh it's, I, I mean that's a cool piece of content i think um gosh uh the rest of it is uh have you been playing with other cool content that, uh, that, that you're thinking about implementing that, that could help with the restaurant consulting side? You know, I do have a really nice whiteboard over here that I got for like a couple hundred dollars. It's like an all glass whiteboard and I haven't used it in a very long time. Like any <laughs> so I figured like I should do some content about it. Um, but I really haven't really thought that far out about the restaurant consulting. I just want to have that name as a restaurant consultant because that can lead to so many other, you know, um, opportunities, whether it be, you know, the, the Revy or you need some help, you need some, you need, you need labor costs, things of that nature. It's all just one umbrella. Right. So, um, let, me actually, you, let me ask you this, actually, um, you know, of course, this is something you want to clear with Eugene and the team, but like, have you ever considered, you know, do you marry the both, both Revy and like your restaurant consulting? Like if after you sign up a client for Revy, like you could just say as an ad, a value add, like, can I also take a look at your menu to make sure that not only are you saving money on this, but you're making as much money as possible from your menu? Because now you've, you've created even more entrenched loyalty and you've, you're creating more de degrees of separation from the competition too. And you've just, you know, helped your business and Eugene's business as well. Is how I think about it. Um, Eugene, don't hit Absolutely. me. But, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's not a conflict of interest. I mean, it, this is 
benefiting them, you know, greatly, right? So it, it provides more value as to why they would want to work with us, right? Yeah, we're I'm giving you a revenue system that's going to increase your ticket by 20% per average ticket, right? Okay, that's yeah. a no-brainer, okay? But let me, let's just do some more deep diving. Now, now that we've built a, a solid, like, foundation, let's see, what other things are, are you working on? What other knickknacks do you have that you like to work on, right? I'm actually doing, a, I'm actually going to the mastermind with Billy uh, this, this Saturday. Oh, nice, nice. And you're, in for, you're in for a, a treat. Are you speaking or? No, I mean, I think we're all going to be going in a circle to kind of talk about like, okay, what's my brand right now? What are, what's not working and what is working for me? Got and it. this mastermind is really going to like propel Chef Andrew Menard into restaurant consulting and then just drive more leads for Revy as well. Oh my gosh. That's going to be so cool, man. Very, very excited for this. Yeah. No, no. I'm a big fan of Billy as well. Um, I kind of fanboy him a little bit. Um, <laughs> can't believe he talks to me. I can't believe he responds to me. But anyways, um, well, let me ask you this as well. Like, do you also do cold calling for your restaurant consulting as well? No, not necessarily. I'm, I'm very focused on Revy right now. Okay. And that is, you know, I'm really glad you mentioned this because I don't know who, who, who's listening to this, but as entrepreneurs, we want to do a lot. Like we're always like, go, 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 drive, drive, drive. Can't right? shut it off, man. You can't. It's, it, it's, it's addictive. And it's just like, I don't know. And, and it's just, it's not good for your mental health. Right. <laughs> but I, when I first started the sales game, right, I was doing Revy, I was doing Saucery and I was doing Legal Shield. So I, I had like multiple business ventures. Right. And like, I, I my, my mentors told me all the time, like, yo, Andrew, you're doing too much. Like work on one pillar of your business, make that on automatic drip and then go to the next one and then go to the next one. Then you have your pillars of success. Yeah. Right? I learned that the very hard way. Cause I got burnt out, dude. I got burnt out and I was like in bed for like three days. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even pick up the phone to do anything. Right. Or eat. Yes. So it's just not healthy. Right. So I think for me, it's like, I'm very focused on Revy because you know, I, I have a really important role. You know, I'm, I'm the only person in the sales organization. So, and, and like, I, I really feel that this is going to drive in more value for me and more credibility for me. So that when I ask for that sale about restaurant consulting, I can convert at a higher clip. For sure. They trust you. They, they love you. They like you. Like all the things you mentioned that are criteria, much more of a slam dunk if you put your priorities, uh, it's the lead domino, I guess, is what we call it, right? Hundred percent. Because like, who's gonna want? Hey, hey, I'm I'm a restaurant consultant. I want I want to talk to you about your menu. Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy on the phone? Like, how dare you? You know what I mean? So it's like, let me just build that credibility first, right? You know, like you know, on Instagram, on, with the content that I put out there, because eventually it's gonna it's gonna come back to me. Yeah. But it's just like I, you you put out provide you provide free value, you build credibility. And then you just go for the close. So I, I think right now that's what Andrew is doing. It's like building foundation, like building the foundation of your house before you can build a step, build up. Oh, I love that so much. And that's actually really good advice that I didn't even ask, but I, that actually helps me. And that helps a lot of entrepreneurs who, yeah, they do too much. They, they really do. And they, and they get overwhelmed and they, um, of course they kill their health. They kill their time with their family. They, you know, all these things actually start, start falling and, and crumbling because of that. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice. And actually because mental health is such a big thing, I'm kind of curious, uh, what do you do to, uh, cause, yeah, 
they say that most entrepreneurs have uh, mental health issues and that's the reason why they yeah. succeed, but that's all the why they suffer. So kind of curious to know if you have any tips or strategies for me as well as everyone else that uh, can't yeah. sit still. Yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, I've had this like from the beginning from fine dining to like, you know, and I think the fine dining mentality to, of working so hard and like I had this really strong military-esque work ethic by working in restaurants because it was never good enough, right? I always had to do better, right? Yeah. But that passed on to my new sales career, right? So I was always very hard on myself and like that I wasn't as successful. But if you, what you put out, like what your thoughts and your, and your words, your words become your world, right? So it's like, you know, what you're saying about yourself, like yeah. your subconscious doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. So that's be so careful true. what you tell yourself, right? Because yeah. you have these, that's why I write my affirmations every day. I meditate for 10 minutes. It's, it's 1% of my day that makes the rest of the 99% better. And it just detoxifies, it just cleanses out the cortisol and all the negative energy that's in my mind. So I can really take on the day, you know, but if any advice, yeah, I was be as much of a child as possible. Like we are all just grown up children. Okay. <laughs> we, love, we love our video games. We love our Rubik's cues and coloring books. Like do more of that, do that so that it keeps you young because people actually end up being more successful if they set time aside to really just have some self care day. Right. My Isn't Sunday, that crazy? Uh, isn't that crazy when the less you do, the more successful you can become if you, if you do, you, you know what I mean? Like you, the biggest, the biggest moments of inspiration, uh, happen when you're not working, when you, when you give yourself boundaries, uh, when you are, when it is time to work, you have to focus on the most impactful thing. And so that makes your time management better. Um, so, so no, I, I agree with you as well. And when you say meditation, do you, do you use any like apps like Headspace or do you any, uh, type of like thing that guides you or, 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 or no? Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's tons of, you know, meditation apps out there. I use Budafi as one. I use YouTube, uh, 21 days of abundance by, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Like Deepak Chopra, Deepak Chopra. Yeah, yeah, when you posted that, and I got super excited. What did he say? What, what was that thing you posted that like you and I connected on? Oh. There's only two days that don't matter in the world. Yes. So there's only two days that don't matter in the year, yesterday and tomorrow. Yes. Right? So just focus on being present now. And that's what it is, being present, right? Stop overworking yourself. And, that, and that's what really is like that quantum leap, right? It's like we're always we're just working hard, and like we don't give ourselves you know, any credibility or pat on the back or anything. Yeah, but the, instead, like well, instead of trying harder, try easier, right? Like have that mentality, have that abundance mentality. Like, yeah, of course I'm gonna close a bigger deal. Like, of course, of course, sales are gonna come out of my way, right? You change this perspective in your mind, right? And like everything just changes around you. Like it's you conceive it, you believe it, you achieve it. That, that's all it comes down to, and just keeping it really simple. And entrepreneurs, we just love love overthinking everything, dude. I mean, I'll <laughs> We just love doing that. Yeah. Just keep us, you know what I mean? And we have no doubt. sabotaging our efforts, man. Yeah, dude. And don't have any doubts. I mean, the, the, the world is your oyster. If you need to doubt something, doubt your limits. Everything else is I love that. You know, powerful. <laughs> There's already enough real circumstances. There's already a re enough real challenges. Why would you add on to that with your own, right? And so, and I think Mark Twain mentioned something really cool. He said that 
I've had a thousand horrible things um, that, um, what was it? Like I had a thousand horrible things that, that uh, have uh, come my way, but like none of which ever actually happened. <laughs> I can't remember now. Dang it, I'm ruining it. I've never read, is that, he wrote Huckleberry Finn, right? Uh, no, he, you know, he's just a master of all these witty quotes that are just like life changing. Okay. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes if I find it, but it just means that, you know, most of the times the fears that you, that, that you so feared either aren't that bad or they never really even happen. Like you create, there's so many, you know, challenges that you yourself impose on yourself. And, uh, yeah, entrepreneurs are famous for that. They, they don't think they're worthy or they, it needs, it can't be this simple. It can't be this easy. I need to self-sabotage myself somehow to feel like I deserved this somehow. It's crazy. Ask yourself, how, how's that going for you? Like, if you <laughs> yeah. really think that, like, okay, how has that been going for you? I mean, fear is the number one reason why people are not doing what they want to do, dude. And people, and you, you know, fear is the virus these days, dude. People have fear for going outside or doing this or, you know, not to get, but you know, it's, it's just false evidence appearing real. That's what it stands for. That's why I love to say fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You fail. Okay, great. You learned a powerful lesson because you failed. Yeah. Good. Move on. It's okay. You didn't die. Most of the time you can recover. Uh, so, and, the, and fear is, uh, no, sorry, the failure or whatever setback is actually part of the recipe, right? Yeah, dude. And it's okay to ask for help. Like if you sense that you're failing, good. Like strength, asking for uh, help is a sign of strength. Vulnerability is not weakness, it's, it's strength. Yeah. yeah. Ego is the weakness, right? Hey, man, everyone's <laughs> got one. EGO, everyone's got one. So, I mean, yeah, don't let your ego get in the way, right? I mean, it's, it, 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 it cannot serve you to, to the best. If, you have, if your ego isn't flared, it can get in the way and you're just shooting yourself in the foot at the end of the day. For sure, man, for sure. You definitely don't have one because you've been very successful. <laughs> franchise game you know you're a very humble dude for a lot that you've accomplished so you're, you're a perfect example of that well well thank you man i know I, I i i appreciate those kind words um i really believe that um i've had i've been surrounded by some incredible mentors and so and there all these deals uh you know all the success that i've i have been able to achieve like i've always looked around and there's always been people helping me along so uh i i, I do not forget that one bit. And so thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate it, dude. And I'm an introvert, so I don't want to talk about it. Let's send it back to you. <laughs> well, so be, I, mean, I, I didn't want to take up more of your time, but I, I do want people that are listening to know how they can best connect with you. Um, I know for one thing, you are the account executive at Get Revy. As, I, as you and I discussed, I think Get Revy is uh, like worlds apart from all the typical uh, POS, uh, merchant payment systems, uh, because it's not just helping people save money on their credit card processing and, you know, all the, the usual bells and whistles, but it goes above and beyond in that it, it helps, uh, restaurant owners operate much easier, easier, much more profitably, and you can scale. And there's also a wow factor. Um, mm -hmm. so I, you know, I, I would definitely want people to connect with you about that. I don't know if I'm forgetting any talking points that, that, you know, restaurant owners should talk to you about, but uh, I, I definitely want people to talk to you about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love a good conversation. You know, I love picking up the phone. So you can hit me up anytime. I might send you a voice message from the beginning, but yeah, you can reach out to me on Instagram <laughs> at Chef Andrew Menard. 
Um, and that's probably the best way to contact me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm more than happy to just be your soundboard. Um, you know, whether it be a business idea or a strategy. Um, I'm also offering, you know, free 15 minute cold calling sessions where I can hear your cold call script. Uh, I want to, I can, you know, help you master some objections that you might be able to hear. But I mean, I, you know, I'm very, very confident on, on the phone, right? And I think that everyone knows, should know how to do sales calls. So um, reach out to me if, if you'd love to do a little, uh, you know, practice for cold calling or if you just, want to just connect in general more than happy to for sure for sure and just in case i know this is not the focus but if there are any entrepreneurs that are currently running restaurants and you know they're not happy with their 10 percent margins and they're they figure there's probably a better way to do it um i mean do you mind running these these restaurant owners through maybe some questions that you normally ask to see if there's a way to instantly recover some margins just through a, a quick free conversation as well is that okay by you 100 percent, let that in my mind yeah please reach out to me do not be shy um i i love i look forward to hearing from you so thank you awesome man thank you andrew thank you for making time brother and uh, i hope you had fun i had i had a lot of fun and i learned so much from you man thank you yeah this is really cool i haven't uh, this is my first uh, sales podcast that i've ever been on <laughs> so i feel like uh, this is really cool so no we're this is a i say sales but you know you you and i we we do too many things so this is a, a all, all sorts of shit podcast so <laughs> yeah. um but no thank you for making time brother and uh i will i'll talk to you later okay yeah hit me up anytime I'm glad to connect with you all right brother take care man take care all right